Armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? I'm a coax. Do you have any idea how important you this is? Do you have any idea? Really, this is what you're doing? Do you have any idea? Jake, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. Sean Payton says there's no more play dates. He is cutting that off at the knees with Russell Wilson. Wow. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. He's the All-American man. Hey, howdy, hi, and how the hell are you? Welcome to Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. We got ourselves a busy show today. Nate Miller is on the way. He'll be here to talk some Major League Baseball. We're going to talk about the the rule changes and what we can be expecting here in 2023. 2023, excuse me. Um, if you haven't paid attention to that, a lot of rule changes. We're going to be getting into some over-unders as they have been updated for the up, upcoming 2023 season and Joey's on the way and we're going to get into a lot of things that are going on in the National Football League with Super Bowl week upon us and then also you've got a lot of NBA controversy and one story that's being pushed under the rug by the association and you can tell that it's not being pushed by any major outlet I saw it as a blurb Last night on ESPN and on one of their shows, only one of their shows, and it was a very small segment. This story that came out yesterday, and we meant to get to it, but we got uh, sidetracked with a lot of other things that were going on. I had it on my show sheet and just couldn't get to it. So I do want to make sure that I get to it now because it has been, this story is essentially from late Sunday night, early into Monday morning. If you miss this, John Morant and the, Grizzlies hosted the Indianapolis or the Indiana Pacers, excuse me. And they did this during the game. There was an altercation where there was a lot of jawing and pointing fingers and pushing, shoving, nothing really happened, but you did notice that one of John Morant's, uh, I don't even want to call posse his entourage, his, his, his crew, whatever you want to call the layman's term of it. One of his buddies 
came onto the court in a threatening way. And when he did this, there was some, it was almost like it was a weird tension, right? He, he got to about the, the, the half court mark, right? Where the logo was just about. Now, this is not a guy who's affiliated with, with either team in any sort of way. And he's on the court and you've got a referee who's kind of like trying to push him back, but didn't really understand what was going on. Nor, nor did most of the people who were involved in this game watching this game. Let me see if I can find the actual, uh, the, here we go. So following the game between the Pacers and the Grizzlies on January 29th in Memphis, acquaintances, as they're, as they're calling it now, originally it was reported as, as his entourage, but acquaintances of Grizzlies star John Morant aggressively confronted members of the Pacers traveling party. Now, this is after the game near the team's bus. And in the loading area at FedEx Forum, which is the home stadium of the Grizzlies. And later, someone in a slow-moving SUV, which Morant was riding in, had a laser put on them, a red laser, and it was insinuating that it was from some sort of a gun. Now, the NBA supposedly did their due diligence and looked into it. If you, if you want to believe that, and they said, there's much to do about nothing. There's nothing to worry about. John Morant said the same thing on social media, nothing to worry about, nothing to see over here. Right. Okay. First things first. Remember a few weeks ago when John Morant and his entourage got into it with Shannon Sharp at the Lakers game. And there were some threats being thrown and Shannon Sharp wasn't having it. Long story short, after that, the day after Sharp is giving an apology on air because he was basically doing the grown-up thing and saying, I shouldn't have gotten involved. I didn't mean to to embarrass uh the people that he works with at Fox, et cetera, et cetera. At the time, I didn't think much of it. I just thought, well, he did this, he did that, he had said. Uh, you, you got an, an ex-athlete who probably didn't want to be talked to in a certain way and who knows how it began. But all I could think of is what in the world is Shannon Sharp, a Hall of Fame tight end, doing getting into it with, with the group of folks that are associated with Morant on the court. This is on the court in Los Angeles. So you fast forward about a week and a half, two weeks later, same thing going on. This time it's, in Memphis, and one of the same guys is going at half court, and he didn't show steel or anything like that, but there was a threatening manner. So the, first of all, that can't happen. Whoever this clown is, immediately, immediately, the NBA should take it very seriously. Now, who knows if he had any kind of weapon on him, but that's not really the point. The point is he doesn't need to be in the middle of the court threatening any athlete or getting involved in any sort of way. I always go back to the French open back in the mid nineties where Monica Sellis got stabbed by, by the psychotic fan. So have we not learned anything? So that's item number one. And then item number two, whatever in the heck happened off site 
not in the actual arena, but right outside the arena. So close enough where Morant is supposedly in the vehicle and whether there was a gun or not, whether or not that was the case, the point is there were coaches and trainers from the Indiana Pacers that were fearful for their life outside of an NBA game over an NBA game. And that can't happen. So whoever these guys are that are running around with Morant, they should be identified by the NBA and they should be banned from the arena. And I always go back to, I was talking to a buddy of mine today and referenced the, the old Philadelphia 76ers coach, uh, excuse me, owner, excuse me. And the 76ers owner can't do it quite the justice because it was, uh, there were some words you'd have to omit on air, but the short of it is the old owner. I, I, I cannot remember his name. I, I want to say his first name was Pat, but anyways, he no longer owns the 76ers, but this is when Allen Iverson played for the Sixers. And he got tired of seeing guys that Iverson grew up with hanging around the facility and dragging Iverson down. And the short of it is that owner went to his friends, his buddies, whatever you want to call them, his circle of friends and, and on no turns told them how, however big and bad you think you are, trust me, I can afford bigger and badder stay away from Iverson. And that kind of, cleaned that up. Now, Iverson, obviously down the road had other issues, but it got those guys away from Iverson. And the big thing is got away from the team, got away from the facility, not saying that the, that, that the Grizzlies ownership group has to go do something psychotic like that. What I'm saying is someone's got to step in and tell Morant, you have an opportunity to probably make somewhere up around a billion dollars in your career. If you keep your nose clean, whatever these guys are trying to tell you that is more important, it ain't. Not one bit of it is important compared to what you could make in. If you haven't watched Morant play, if you're not a big NBA fan, the best way I can put it, He's a top five talent in the NBA, and we know how overpaid all these athletes are. Well, he's going to get really overpaid. And you never know what what, what all these guys' um, motives are if they're riding his coattail and just sucking him dry like a lot of athletes happen to them. Or you do have athletes who are involved in the music business, and there's a certain persona that they want to to give out there to to try to show that that they're they're as tough as anybody else. So when they release a, a an album that they can brag, right? None of that's as, as important as John ja Morant staying healthy, staying clean, staying out of trouble, and getting ready for his next big contract. None of those idiots that he's running around with can promise him what the NBA can promise him. And that's the memo. Okay, we're going to go take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to welcome on Nate, and we're going to talk a little baseball. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Keep it locked in here on 99.1 FM. Are you an adult? Yeah. And you went out last night? Yeah. Introducing a hangover. What's that? 
Surprise, idiot. You went out and actually had fun last night, but your body is here to remind you that's not allowed. With a hangover, you can. Have a light breakfast to soothe your tummy. See if drinking more will help. And finally, start your day at 6 p.m. I went out last night for casual drinks with a friend, and now I can't even form a coherent thought. Try it today. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Your true friends are the people in your life that totally get your inside jokes, your unique style, most important, what you want to eat. Taco Bell knows that when you get together with your real friends, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but hey, it might as well be something that everybody can get into, like the taco (coughs) cravings pack with four crunchy tacos and four beefy five-layer burritos. So even if you're all sitting around doing absolutely nothing, you know you'll still have a good time. It's Taco Bell's Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack. Get it for the friends that get it. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m., Drive time on WQEE. Welcome back. Welcome back, Mr. Nate Miller. Nate, how the hell are you, sir? I am good. How are you? I am uh, doing just grand. We're five days away from the big game, the Super Bowl, and that means that the day after, it really becomes baseball season. At that point, there's nothing to talk about unless you're going to get into the weeds with uh, NBA and NHL regular season, which uh, means snore. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I've already started getting more into college basketball, but at that point, I'm going to be knuckles deep in college basketball and whatever I can get at, at a spring training. Uh, we'll still have about, what, about uh, after Wednesday, we'll have about 10 days for yeah. the first spring training game. Mm-hmm. The the Rangers, are they reporting on Wednesday or Thursday? They are reporting, pitchers and catchers report on the 15th, full squad workouts are on the 20th. Okay. So yeah. they will be on third. I mean, excuse me, on Wednesday. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. I was noticing yesterday that team, mo- the majority of the teams are report, pitchers and catchers are reporting on Wednesday. And then, and then the full squad on Monday or Thursday and Tuesday. Right. There's only one team that uh, did not do it that way, and that was the Cleveland Guardians. They're waiting until Friday, but everyone is reporting by Tuesday. Gotcha. gotcha. I'd say that's probably just uh, 
Francona going, do we really have to get there by Wednesday? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Relax. <laughs> we got seven months of this. Calm down. Right. Ugh. Um, you know, looking at this season, there's a just there's just a ton. First of all, are you a music fan? I'm assuming that you like some music, right? Yeah, some. I could not believe this is a headline, and I was trying to share it earlier, and the thing crashed. So I feel like I got to do it now. This is n- this is not a joke. Let me get the uh, the. Give me one second. Let me get the brand off of here. The the comments. Um. This is not a joke. This is not a test. <laughs> okay. This was a headline in the UK by one of their magazines that is known for music, by the way. It wasn't just some random bozo who didn't know music. Mm-hmm. The headline right after the, the Grammys. And it's and if you can't see it underneath the uh the, the scroll, it was a it was a picture of Bonnie Raitt after she won one of the Grammys. Now I, I don't watch award shows because they're a waste of time. But I usually check the headlines to see who won what and whatnot. And it says, shock is unknown blue singer. Bonnie Raitt is who they're referring to. Beats out Beyonce, Adele, and Taylor Swift to win song Grammy of the Year. Unknown? <laughs> what, I, mean, I mean, what are we talking about? Whoever's in charge of making that headline should lose their job as yeah. far as being in charge of writing anything for music ever again. Right. We live in the age of Google. <laughs> Yes, we do. Yes, I about had a stroke when I saw this, and my wife's like, you got to calm down. I said, do you understand that this is the equivalent of when I was growing up in the 90s and me referring to Janis Joplin as an unknown rock star? Mm-hmm. Right. right. I the difference is we couldn't look that up. You just had to know, right? Mm-hmm. You just had to know stuff. Well, speaking of Google, I took care of something for you. Pat Croce was the name you were looking for in your last segment. The, uh, uh, I knew it was Pat, and I could not remember his yeah. last name. And I, I, I was running about 20 last names in my head. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to butcher his name. Yeah. Sometimes you, you get rolling like this, and when you're when you're hosting and producing, the last thing you have time to do is talk and Google at the same time, right? Right. So yeah. I He's pre- the... Uh, for those that weren't listening, he's the former owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. I appreciate that because because he's the one that uh, told Iverson's crew what's what. Right. <laughs> like, I got way too much of an investment for you clowns to be showing up here and trying to get him in trouble. And yeah. essentially, that's what needs to happen with uh, John Mar- Look, I mean, he's a kid, and I get that, and kids are going to make mistakes. But some of the gentlemen that are that are, are hanging around him that are, that are kind of instigating a lot of this stuff, they are not kids. I mean, they are full grown adult males, right? right? Yeah. And they can't have his best interest. That's it. That's all I know. They can't yeah. have his best if you're getting half court going toe to toe, trying to threaten another NBA player, you can't have John Morant's best interest. Sure. It's just, it's unbelievable. What, what, what made me laugh about it the most was, so I didn't get a chance to get to it yesterday but a couple of buddies of mine who are big NBA fans, right? Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine sent me a text and told me he was not going to be able to uh, make our big NFL uh, Super Bowl kickoff show for Sunday because he's going to be out of town. He's taking his son to, I don't know who they're playing, but he's taking him to the Pacers game on some, on uh, Friday or Saturday night. I'm not sure which one. And all I said was, we'll just be where... 
of the red dots and you know <laughs> duck a lot and he and the other guy had no idea what i was talking about i said look it up and then i, I get a text a little while later go I, I still don't know what you're talking about and that's how much the nba has buried the story right wow. i saw i saw him passing on around the horn but that but that was the only show all day long on espn it's the only show that brought it up i saw it early in the morning on cbs but i was like you know this is a big story but they're in bed with the NBA, so they don't want anyone to know. Because, because you you imagine if if this was the case, Major League Baseball, ESPN would have it splattered all over the screen. This is true. I don't know about the NFL. I feel like they would, but they're losing their their shirts with the NBA, so I think they're a little more. I I think the NFL at this point is Teflon, so it wouldn't. Right. It would be a blur, but they wouldn't kill kill the the. Uh, they wouldn't pound the story at you, I guess. Sure. But I mean, if I have to hear one more time, someone's hot take on the four letter network about Trevor Bauer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still dumbfounds me, Nate, that we're sitting here February 7th and we haven't even heard like a murmur of someone wanting to, to sign him. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a whole season. What? Do you think we go a whole season without him? I mean, is he getting blackballed? It's it's possible we go a whole season. I don't know. I don't think anything happens before June. I really don't. Wow. It's crazy, too, because he, he now he's definitely been staying in shape for people who don't follow him. Oh, yeah. He, he does TikToks and all kinds of stuff. I see his videos all the time pop up on my feed. He's got, to, he's got to do something. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, but but to his credit, he's not just sitting around, you know, you know, eating bonbons and Cheetos. Mm. You know, there's a good chance what I would have been doing for the last couple of years. I mean, whatever, it's over. Especially if I had $22 million in my yeah. account. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, and he, and I mean, I mean, he's got more than that because that was the third year of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I don't know what he made prior to that, but he was definitely a, a, a well-played, a well-paid MLB player. But the thing is, he's only like 32. Yeah. So are they just going to blackball him to ex- till, till he's like 50 or is, or they just feel like he, he needs to be suspended one more year. And it's kind of a everyone, you know, behind closed door thing. And if that happens, my question is, do we get a situation where the players association, which was by far the most, uh, MLB PA is by far the strongest PA in all of sports. Mm-hmm. Do they get involved and say, this isn't right. Or are they just going to be in lockstep with, with the rest of the league? It's hard to say. Cause I am like, I'm not a member of that group. Um, <laughs> it's like, right. Oh, I can see it going that way but I don't know if it will. I guess a lot of it would have to do is how, how popular is he with his peers, right? Yeah. And who is, you know, willing to sign him. So, Yeah. And, but that goes back to the original point of Mm -hmm. if he doesn't get signed by anybody, and I mean, anybody, and you're talking about minimal risk, yeah, 100,000, of the 22 million is all anyone's going to be uh, on the hook for. Right. I think it's 700,000. It's league minimum, right? Right. That's what I said. 700. It's technically seven twenty, but um, 
I thought I heard 300,000. My bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but 700,720 um, is, is what they're on the hook for. But the, but the rest of the, of the $22 million deal for yeah. this year, I believe it's the last year of, of the, or last year of that deal. The Dodgers basically have minimal risk. You could get him. I mean, even if it's a bum team, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you sign him? He goes out and puts out like a ridiculous amount of, you know, we'll say he goes, gets to the all-star break. He's got eight or nine wins. Uh, ER rate, rate well below three. Mm-hmm. You can bring a haul back for at least one or two prospects. Yeah. Yeah. And then not to mention the obvious what if you're a contender and you just go, you know what? I don't care what 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 my local media is going to say. They'll get over it in about six weeks. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> then, like, then they'll really have something to write about. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but at the same token, if he goes somewhere and helps bring them home a World Series, then, then yeah. but yeah. I'll just I'll just tell you from from the Braves' perspective, covering the Braves. We have Marcelo Zuna on the team. Yeah. And what he did is realistically much worse than what Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly did. <laughs> right. So we still don't know if we did it or not. Right. We know something took place, but the big, big question mark is, was it consensual or mm-hmm. was this money grab? Right. Cause there's just too many things, but, but I you know, my point is, Marcelo Zuna, he's got 20 games that he was suspended for after striking his his uh, spouse. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some circumstances, and I don't think that she was an angel by any stretch of the imagination, but the point is, it's we know that happened. Yeah. And then the following year, he goes out and, and gets hammered and gets behind the wheel. We know that happened. Mm-hmm. So it's... It'd be a little different to me if Trevor Bauer had been a habitual offender. Yeah. But to my knowledge, that's his first strike. And uh, anyways, the new rules. Yes. Which one do you think is going to be the biggest deal from the aspect of not necessarily, because we'll get to that, not the one that you dislike the most, but the one that you think is going to be the, make the biggest change in the game. Um, I think it's going to be the shift rules. Okay. Because I think teams have depended way too much on the shift over the years. I mean, every other, like <laughs> not, not even every other play, every other pitch you see guys moving around. I don't know if you've watched much Atlanta Braves baseball over the last year and a half, but when yeah. they made their turnaround in, in 21 heading towards the world series, mm-hmm one of the things that they attributed to is that they became the team that used the shift the most. Yeah. And I, and I personally hate it. I can't uh-huh. stand it because you're sitting there, you're calling a game uh-huh. and you're trying to bite your tongue, but you're like, if you just would play normal defense, that thing yeah. would have been a double play, but it said it trickled through the infield and here yeah. come two runs. Right. Uh-huh. A double play is now in the, in the left field corner. You know? Right. There was a, there was one. I, I'm trying to remember who who we were playing, but Acuna scored from first to home 
on what was essentially uh, just past being an infield single. Oh, geez. I want to say Washington, mm-hmm. mainly because they stink. But I know it was a game that, that we did. A, we, we had a huge comeback. We scored six runs in, in the bottom of that inning, seventh or eighth inning. Mm-hmm. And Acuna went first to home on a ball that was basically dribbled through the infield into right field. And I couldn't believe what I saw. I, when I went back to watch the replay, I could not believe that someone would be fast enough to go first to home on a single, even right. with the fact that, that, that he was moving on the pitch. It wasn't a straight steal. I want to say it was like a 3-2 count type of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're a Nats fan, it, I'm almost positive the Nats, but if you're a Nats fan sitting there watching it, you've got to be just like, you know, throwing beers against the wall and go, what the, what, 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 what? And what was funny is they had a six-run lead and mm-hmm. they were trying to stop uh, a quote-unquote rally. Well, if you're trying to stop a rally when a team has a large lead, to me, a vanilla defense is the answer. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's the one that you th- – see, to me, I think the one that's going to make early on – now mm-hmm. I think they will adjust to it, and but I, the growing pains to me, it's going to be that pitch clock. Yeah, I don't know how these guys are going to adjust. Guys who did not grow. I'm not talking about the young guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Bryce Elder is going to be fine, right? They right. Because, because they grew up in these systems in the farm systems that had these clock, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I'm talking about a guy like Justin Verlander. Yeah. He's going to say, what is this crap? <laughs> and honestly, he, you know, he, he he's going to have a point. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how do you prevent injury with that? That's, you know, that's another good point. And I don't think a lot of people have brought up is what happens the first time. Mm-hmm. We'll say like a, a DeGrom. Yeah. Or I'll tell you what, I won't put the uh, bad mojo on your boys. We'll say a Zach Wheeler. A Max yeah. Scherzer right. injures himself, or who's always on the IR? Clayton Kershaw injures himself because he's speeding up his process. Right. That's, I mean, that's the whole point of warming up is so you can, you know, be as smooth and graceful as possible and just kind of take your time with it. And I don't necessarily hate the idea of speeding up the pitchers and staying on their butt, but I hate the idea of the clock because it's the one thing mm-hmm. the Major League Baseball, the baseball, has never had. Yeah, which is a clock. And yeah, what is it? It's going to be fifteen with guys on base, twenty with 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 the bases empty, right? Right. Yeah. I know they've bounced around back and forth. And something else, I wish they would do to like, and it would speed up the game. But something I wish that they would do is umpires should not be allowed to call time if a pitcher is into his windup. I agree with that. It frustrates me to no end because... That's an injury waiting to happen. Exactly. If a guy waits that late, then there's there's got to be something done with that because if a guy waits... I mean, I look, back in the day, they did do something about it. You sit there and call time on Bob Gibson when he's mm-hmm. in the middle of his windup. You're going to get a, as a Pedro Martinez would say, you're going to get a rib sandwich, right? Yeah. Yep. I've never understood. Now, mm-hmm. I think most of the pitchers know to just continue with your motion and throw the ball regardless, even if you're not going to throw it towards the plate. Right. 
but I'm with you on that. That that is one that's going to get. Re- remember when they first started this nonsense about ten years ago? When they said it might have been longer than that because Nomar was playing, but the whole thing was we're going to speed it up in the box. We're not going to yeah. let you come out of the box. You're mm-hmm. not going to play with your gloves. And then the first game, the first year, within like two weeks, Big Poppy's out there walking around, dragging his bat all around the all, on the on deck circle between every pitch, and it's like they abandoned it. Uh huh. Yeah, it's just which which rule are you going to hate the most? Oh, ooh, um. I think I think it's the pitch clock. I, I like. I actually like the shift, kind of going back to the way things were. I do too. That that's one of those. I I don't mean to catch off, but that's one of those that you got to evolve as the yeah. game evolves. Yeah. Right. You know, too many of these games where honestly it gets really boring when they're all sitting in a shift. Austin Riley. They will do defensive metrics and say he's not a very good third baseman guy because he's playing shallow right field for eighty five percent of the game. So mm-hmm. all all these things that you're that you're measuring them on, he's not making plays at the hot corner. Yeah. So one of the things that I've missed the most about baseball since they started this shift is a defensive magician, mm-hmm. right? You don't get you don't get the diving stops in the hole because of, of the not the shift isn't overly done. Or the mm-hmm. the ban on the shift isn't overly done. You're still going to be able to move your guys. You just got to keep them to two guys on each side of the base, and uh, you and your feet have to be in the infield. Mm-hmm. But it does make a big. The one thing is though they've 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 said nothing about the fact. Can I play two of my outfielders deep outfield and drop my left fielder or right field into the hole? Can I do that? Right. I don't. I don't think that's been stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how are you going to prevent that? Because because the only other way you can do that is you're going to have to draw lines in the outfield and say these guys can't can't uh, cross it until the mm-hmm. ball's hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of like an offsides thing in hockey. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm telling you, someone's going to take advantage of it. someone with an athletic outfield mm-hmm. is going to say, why don't I just scooch my right. For instance, the Braves have a very athletic. They they don't have a particularly athletic left field, but they do have guys who are athletic that can play left field. So let's say you have one of your more athletic left fielders out there, right? Yeah. And you have him scooch towards between left and center, and you have Michael Harris play essentially center right, and you have Acuna come in and play very shallow. Right. There's there's nothing that's going to address that. And I I don't think teams are going to do it in the preseason in the spring training. No, I think, I think they're going to wait to pull that rabbit out of their hat because they don't want to give man fraud a chance to you know. Oh no, I didn't think about this, but I'm telling you, someone's going to do it because I've been thinking about that all offseason. Like, mm-hmm. What is stopping me from getting athletic outfield and just dropping a a runner down? I mean, a defender. Oh, down. Yeah. I think the one I hate the most is is the the enlarged bases. Um, i I don't like I don't like them changing the dimensions of the game. Mm-hmm. I get that Manfred wants to attract younger uh, viewers, but don't forget about the older ones. Seriously, exactly. 
because you're going to get in the same thing that the NBA got into, where they were really proud that they're that they they have they have a big demographic between 18 and 49. Mm-hmm. Still have the lowest viewership of the three major sports. Yeah. So, I mean, the way I look at it is pick your battles. Mm-hmm. And but Manfred, that, that's the problem when you get a when you get a commissioner in there that doesn't love the game that he is commissioning. Yeah. This is what you get. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, over unders. We're going to tell you who's who's crazy. And what you might want to rush to the window to get some of these over-unders, because some of them, I believe, are a little low. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country. Are you listening to yourself? I always listen to myself. It's one of the great joys of my life. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long. Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Straight up the middle. Touchdown. Delayed reaction, but Tebow got in. Oh, jump pass. How about that? Oh, my gosh. That looks like 1955. Holy cow. Are you kidding me? I'm chair. What does it take to break you? What does it take to break your focus because you get frustrated about what happened on the last play? What does it take to make you give in because it's hot outside or you're tired or you don't feel like running to the ball or giving effort or finishing the play like you should because of how you feel, whether you're a little bit hurt? What does it take to break you? It's gonna be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play an entire season at a high level. So everybody here has got to have a lot of mental toughness to be able to sustain what we do at a high level. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks weekdays. 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on the key and YouTube.com at Braves Country. Welcome back. Nate Miller and I taking to the top of the hour where uh, Joey will join us, and I know he's going to have some, some insight on, on the NBA and them trying to sweep that old John Morant thing under the rug. Uh, of course, we're we're five days away from the Super Bowl. Don't forget, we will be doing the Super Bowl kickoff show, and that'll be our last weekend show until next uh, fall sometime. But uh, we're getting geared up for Major League Baseball as that season is upon us. going to go ahead and share this screen so folks can see what I'm looking at. And Nate, trying to tighten this up a little bit so you, everybody can see it a little better. Looking at the win totals, of for the 2023 we'll go and start with the Braves since this is Braves country and then we'll kind of morph out from there 
Uh, let me see what we have here. So right here, these have just been updated this morning off of fan. So this is off of FanDuel Sports for folks that want to play along at home. The Braves are now up to 96 and a half now. Uh, about a week ago, I, I saw just 94 and a half. So they've already jumped up two full games. I don't know what made that change there, but 96 and a half. It's not that I don't think the Braves can get there. It's that I don't like betting any team that high. Because if if the division plays out the way I think it could play out, you could have three really talented teams that beat each other up in 94-95 gets gets you the the uh the division. Right. What say you? Uh, what was the question again? Sorry. 96 and a half. Too high? Too high. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it seems like 80 to 85 wins should get you the division. Well, not in the NL East. I don't know how y'all play around out there in the AL West. But yeah, that's true. 85 wins is going to get you a nice seat uh, at home, usually. Um, right. Now... Philly last year got got 87 squeaked in as the last playoff team mm-hmm. and they got hot in the rest of history. So you don't even have to win the division, but looking at what they had last year now, now they've been vaulted up to 89 and a half. Now I saw this earlier in the, I don't know, maybe a month ago and they were 86, 87. So all of these are getting adjusted because we're getting closer and closer to the seasons. There's probably people jumping on the overs. I'm a little surprised that Philly would be projected to be seven games behind Atlanta because I feel like that those are the two teams to beat in the NL East. Right. Sure. (laughs) The Mets, for folks out there, they're being viewed at 94.5, so they're right there in the wheelhouse of – like I said, ninety four, ninety five couldn't can get you the win. If if I'm handicapping it right now, just because I'm not a believer in a team that is leaning on two forty year old pitchers, and outside right. of that, I really don't think that they improved their team because the Carlos Correa deal fell through. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just brought guys back, but mm-hmm. that offense struggled mightily. Yep. They lost the best pitcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. If I'm handicapping it, I've got the Phillies finishing higher than the Mets. Right. And keep in mind, one of those 40-year-old pitchers that you mentioned is still a couple of years removed from Tommy John surgery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what did he pitch last year? Did he pitch? He pitched last year. He pitched a full season because it got him to Cy Young. But the year before, he didn't pitch at all. No. Um, in fact, I, I don't think he pitched the year before that either. By the way, I got scoffed at last year. I, I picked, predicted him Cy Young last year. Uh-huh. I got scoffed at by some folks. I'm like, chicken dinner, baby. I'm like you, I'd be like, you do know he's Justin Verlander, right? <laughs> well, I was looking at it as the division that he plays in, the fact that he was going to be chomping at the bit because he hadn't pitched in a year and a half. And mm-hmm. um, I also knew he was going to be a free agent. Yeah. So I figure if anybody's ready, it's going to be Verlander. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't predict him to do it again this year, but um, he's, I think he's still going to have a good season. But he's he will. 
I don't think he's going to blow anybody away like he, he did last year. He will, but but if you remember last year in the playoffs, he faded down the stretch. Yeah, he did. And I know he's had the offseason to, to revamp and whatnot, and he's going to be aided by the fact that he's going to be playing in a league that a lot of guys haven't seen him a whole lot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But you're not going to play as dominant of of a of a uh, team centric schedule anymore, right? Because you're only going to play twelve per position mm-hmm. per excuse me twelve per divisional opponent. Right. You play everybody in in the league at least one time. Mm-hmm. I think bare minimum, everybody's playing everyone a three game series. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were talking about doing home and home. And I was like, man, at that point, you're going to cut down the division to where you're going to play everybody in the division like six times. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like 12 is a little too, too small. I would have liked to have seen 15. Right. I could have lived with 14. I feel like 12. I do agree 19 was way too many, and I, I'm sure you can attest to that going to the games every day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm tired of seeing the same matchups over and over yeah. again. Seeing the same guys beat you over and over again. Well, uh, a good example, Julio Rodriguez for Seattle always, always gave it to the Rangers. Well, you just got to clean it up, man. You got to compete. Oh, yeah, I know. That doesn't mean it wasn't frustrating to watch. <laughs> You're going to shuck out all that money. Okay, now this is the one I want to jump at you. This one has the Texas Rangers in 2023. Win total of 81 and a half. What say you? Is that before or after they signed DeGrom? This was updated this morning. This was updated this morning. Wow. Have they not been paying attention to what, what's been happening since November? <laughs> I think it's incredibly low of all the ones that I'm not just saying that because, yeah, you, you know, you've joined the show and you're a Ranger guy. Mm-hmm. I was going through this. Now, it caught my eye because I specifically knew we we're going to look at the Rangers. Yeah. But 81 and a half, you're talking about an over-under of are they going to have a winning season? Yeah. And they got one of the highest payrolls out there. Yeah. They spent... 500 million two years ago another 200 million this offseason so how can you how can you say they have the low payroll <laughs> no i mean they went out and they got what Ivaldi, and yeah. they added obviously to grom odorizzi odorizzi which i mean he's gonna be a bullpen piece most likely but yeah. still i um, get that were there any other big Adam Haney or Andrew oh, Haney. Oh, oh, that, that's right. They, yeah, Haney. So would you would you consider any of your losses huge? Um, not really. Um, just because I like the guy, I'm going to miss Nick, uh, Nick Solak. <laughs> he went to uh, the Cincinnati Reds. If somebody went to the Reds, I can tell you already, it, it wasn't a big loss. <laughs> And that's where that's where the Rangers got a lot of their cash from, is because they didn't send like they only sent Solag over, and the Reds just sent cash. <laughs> Man, Washington fifty nine and a half wins is their over under. 
I feel so bad for them. They won the World Series, what was it, three years ago, two years ago? And nobody ever talks about it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a shame. All of us in Braves country just, you know, ha- have a have a heart for Washington. <laughs> yeah, but you, you can't always think like a fan, especially when you're on the radio, dude. <laughs> that's where you're wrong. So, I look at it as I kind of miss Washington being good because Philly sucked, and now they've flip-flopped each other. Mm-hmm. And we're still dealing with Bryce Harper on a really good team. Yeah. But they're in a full full blown rebuild. I mean, there is there's talks about they keep squashing it, but there, but there's talks about whether or not the ownership group is going to change hands again. Mm-hmm. There's talks about I don't believe this one, but there has been talks about possibly relocating because they're they're uh, talking about having a fight in the market with Baltimore. Right. I don't really buy that because they're still going to have an incredible amount of money, but they did the smart thing. When they got to a certain point, they realized that they're, they had gutted their entire farm system to go for that championship. They got the championship and then they let a lot of these guys walk. Right. Whoo. And a bullet dodge, not signing rent Rendon. <laughs> what a dumpster fire that has been. Yeah. I mean, he is, people think about all the money that the angels have spent poorly. No one ever talks about Rendon, but that, that was a terrible signing. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) New York Yankees. They're over unders 94 and a half. I think that might be a little low. I'm, you know, they went out there and got a hundred wins last year. Right out of was I think it was ninety eight ninety nine, and I feel like they got much better. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Your Houston Astros that are ninety seven and a half wins. That might be the highest total. No, uh, did does Houston get to a hundred? Um, they get close. I I don't know if they get to a hundred, but they they get close. This one is shockingly low to me. 96 and a half Dodgers. They have won 106 games plus the last three years. Mm-hmm. Now, earlier in the season or in the offseason, I saw where their over under was sitting in the mid 100s. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, preaching how that's way too high. You can't do it three years in a row. But 96 and a half in that terrible division. Yeah. Seems a little low. I I almost wonder if this is being um, adjusted because you don't play as many games in your division anymore, right? Sure. The Dodgers, to me, are going to be one of the most interesting stories of the entire year because they didn't spend any money in the offseason, which is not Dodger-like. Yeah. It's very obvious that they're going after Otani in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're going to be in the playoff mix, but how aggressive will they be at going after any kind of pieces to make a stretch run when they might be trying to, to save money, resources, even draft picks to be able to, to not, not only if they go hard and heavy after Otani, but, but what are you going to add with that next year? Right. I, <laughs> yeah. 
It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what, what happens with Otani. Your Angels, they are sitting there at 81 and a half wins. So once again, they are saying that the this is FanDuel Sports is saying that the Angels and the Rangers are are have have the same win total over under. Does that get you fired up? Come on, Ranger fan. What 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 are we doing here? The Angels? Um I'd say as far as the Angels go, yeah, that's about right. Um they just they have Otani and Trout and that's it. <laughs> I think they'll be lucky to get 81. Yes, they do. They will be. Seattle. Yeah. 86 and a half. That's a, that's not bad. That's not bad. And kind of kind of where they are. Yeah, I I would actually be afraid to bet that one. Mm-hmm. You do find it interesting when you see these. So if you take the over it's a minus 132. If you take the under, it's a plus 108, meaning the book is hedging the fact that they think it's more likely that people are going to bet on Seattle. So though they don't want to take it to 87 and a half yet, because you never see these over-unders like on, on an even number, but they are trying to get more people to bet the under because they, they probably have already hedged as going over. I am curious to see with that Rangers, the, the over-under, it's 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 fairly even minus one eighteen one. I'm telling you right now, I, I'm running to the window this off season and putting money on. There's no way Texas doesn't win eighty two games. Yeah, I mean everybody would have to. Their entire roster would would. I mean, you'd have to have Tommy John surgery for like three of the five pitchers. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case, <laughs> right? I mean, well, I mean, would hope not. Yeah. But it's just it's just one of those things that I'm just like I don't I don't get some of these numbers when you see now I'll tell you someone else who is always over uh or under appreciated is the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow, never mind. 89 and a half. I'm not touching that. No. Let's be honest, most of us can't name more than five guys that have played for the Tampa Bay Rays over the last decade. <laughs> I'd be surprised if you could name five. I'm, I'm a little surprised that it's that high. They're, they're normally low eighties, mid eighties, mm-hmm. St. Louis, 88 and a half, the giants, 81 and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't love the giants this year, but I, I wouldn't bet they're under because they find a way they're only two years removed from having what 106, 107 wins somewhere in that neighborhood. This is the team that everybody's talking about in the offseason, the Padres, 93 and a half wins. I would bang that under because the Padres never show up. Right. <laughs> and who knows how they're gonna be without um Tatis Jr. Yeah, I saw a thing on it was a MLB. Um, on Fox was, it was their social media. Long story short, they had him along with, uh, Bogarts and their other two stars, uh, Machado and whom I, I can't remember who I'm forgetting. 
And they said, I, I can't believe all four of these guys are in the same lineup. And of course, all the, all the responses are not till about midway through the season. Like, what are we talking about? Tati's got that 80 game suspension. Right. What is your walk off for the day, sir? Um, just the fact that, you know, I'm excited for spring training. Um, I'm actually going to get to go this year. Um, it's my first time ever going to spring training both awesome. as a writer, as a fan, whatever you want to, whatever you want to throw in there. So I'm really excited about it. Well, hopefully while you're down there, we'll get to talk to you, but if not, just let me know. We'll adjust, sure. but, um, sure. I'll be excited to see what your takeaway from it is. Yeah. Right. Um, I've gone down to spring training a couple of times, but it's been a long time. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to get, get, go at all this year. Cause I got some other things going on, but where, where's the site? Uh, surprise Arizona. Okay. We have a bucket list and we want to go to the Arizona, uh, spring training facilities. We hope by 2025, Nice. So a bunch of other stuff that we want to do, but me and my wife make a lot of baseball trips. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of on our, our bucket list. All right, brother, we will see you next week. And uh, who who's going to win that Super Bowl? Eagles. All right. All right. We'll see you next Tuesday. We'll right. be back in a flash. Keep it locked in here on, on the key and Braves Country HD. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Sean Payton's formal introduction as Denver Broncos head coach on Monday touched on the importance of discipline. Quote, focusing on winning is not for everybody. That was punctuated that the improvement of quarterback Russell Wilson is expected as well as the rest of the Broncos team itself. Asked if Wilson will continue to have a personal quarterback coach, Jake Eaves, as well as other support from a personal network with the quarterback in the building, Peyton was very clear, quote, I'm not too familiar with that. That's foreign to me. That's not going to take place. I'm unfamiliar with it. Our staff will be here. Our players will be here. And that will be it. Broncos sent their first round pick in the April draft, 29th overall, and a second round pick in 2024 to the Saints to sign Peyton to a five-year deal. Denver also received a 2024 third round pick from New Orleans. In Major League Baseball, Cleveland Guardians hire first female on-field coach, Amanda Kamakona, a former star softball player at UCLA. Mets claim reliever Sam Coonrod off of waivers from the Phillies. John Birdie of the Marlins avoids arbitration with the 2.12 deal. And Ian Kinsler is back with the Texas Rangers as a special assistant. Here are your big games for Tuesday night. Marquette is at UConn. Marquette 11-2 in Big East play, 19-5 overall. They travel to the Huskies. We're 7-6 in Big East, 18-6 on the year. That game is at 6.30 p.m. on FS1. Also at 6.30 on Big Ten Network, Rutgers travels to Indiana. After Indiana's big win over Purdue, we'll see if they can keep it going. 7-5 in Big Ten play are the Hoosiers, Scarlet Knights, 8-4. 
While at 7 o'clock, you got Auburn at Texas A&M. The Tigers, 4-4, four four, trying to rebound, traveling to a tough Aggie crowd who has rooted their team on to an 11-1 start in the Southeastern Conference. NC State, 19-5 on the year, 9-4 in the ACC. They travel to top 10 Virginia, who's 17-4 and 9-3 and in conference play. In a Big 12 showdown on ESPNU, 9 Eastern, TCU, and Kansas State. Horn Frogs are 6-4 and four in the Big 12. Wildcats, mirror image, a pivotal game for two top 20 teams. In the association, Knicks are at the Magic, Bulls at Grizzlies, Hawks 7-30 at the Pelicans, while the TNT doubleheader is Suns at Nets, Thunder at Lakers. T-Wolves travel to Denver. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Key and YouTube.com at Braves Country. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days, or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink. The NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern, to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show, streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. Welcome back. And joining us is Mr. Joey. Joey, hey, what the heck are you doing, son? Oh, just another day on the grind trying to follow, uh, you know, the NBA trade deadlines looming Thursday. Uh, we got a lot of spring training. I know pitchers or catchers have been reporting I'm still looking for a head coach in Indy. So a lot of a lot of details in these sports going on. What is going on with Indy and Arizona? Well, if I had to guess, and I mean, as you know, uh, my friend, I listen to closely every day. I, I mean, I listen, literally listen to people that are doing the post game reports, everything, every single day to find out more and more news. And nobody really has a good gut feeling. Indy, I know Vegas odds came out with uh, a couple days ago, changing to you know Wink Martindale as the leader. That there's no 
background to that or anything. And a lot of Colts reporters think this. They think that with the Super Bowl obviously going on and Steichen being the offensive coordinator of the Eagles, he's in the top, you know, finalists two or three here along with the uh, Brian Campbell offensive coordinator or Callahan offensive coordinator from Cincinnati that they're between those two because they want to keep Gus Bradley on staff. They're blocking other teams from interviewing Gus Bradley at D coordinator because they want to keep him in that position. And a few head coaches that interviewed for us uh, said they would keep him on staff, Gus Bradley. So to me, it's going to be one of these offensive guys. I don't know if it's just because the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, but to me that would mean Steichen is the leader in my eyes. That's that's my guess. Now, but it's Ursay, so you don't know if this is he's going to have an – interview with them and then still go end up picking uh jeff saturday i mean after a bottle of scotch do you see any route of saturday being that coach being the head coach again listen you know when it was interim i did not mind for a couple of reasons number one it's interim and i thought the season was behind us no matter who was the head coach uh if you watch any of our games as i know you did it myself it was just an ugly year overall so that wasn't a bother but I can't see them hiring Jeff Saturday. And honestly, it sounds silly, but a big reason is this. Jim Ursay is very, he, you know, as many mistakes as the Colts have made in the last year and a half plus, he's been a very good owner and he does listen to his fans. And the fans have been, you know, it's pretty much a lot of people with season tickets. Like if you get Saturday back here after all this, uh, there's there was petitions, there's crazy things going on, on social media. I don't think he's going to go that route anymore, but it is Jim Ursay at the end of the day. And if he wants to try to right all his wrongs after Saturday went one and seven, when he said, just win baby after the Raiders game, he might do something nasty and get him back. But I would literally put it at a 1% chance that Jeff Sanders had coaching our team. Cause not only is it a bad uh, stint to the league and all the people in the offices, I just think even the people in Indy outside of Ursa are saying, Hey, it was fine for interim. We agreed to it, but we can't do this. There's too many good candidates out there. If it, I mean, if it ends up being Saturday, man, I it's it's going to come to the point where I'm actually going to start feeling sorry for you because <laughs> please because it's going to be one of those things where you're like, okay, are we actually trying to win or are we tanking for somebody, right? Are we so if they bring Saturday back, my only thought would be. They're doing it because they want to go all in on Caleb Williams. But if you were going to do that, wouldn't you have already announced Saturday unless they're waiting until after the Super Bowl because they don't want that to be the the uh, the highlight reel of Super Bowl weekend. And they've already told Saturday, hey, you've got the job. Start doing what you got to do. Da, 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 da. We're going to announce it after the Super Bowl, right? So... I feel like if it was Saturday, we would already know it was. I feel like you're on the right track. I don't know why you wouldn't go. I mean, any chance that it's Eric Bieniemy? Well, they asked him yesterday at the Super Bowl, uh, you know, press conference. They make a big deal out of the media day or whatever. And he said, you know, look, I still feel like I'm in the running. Here's the only problem, though. It hasn't been fully reported that he got a second interview. So I don't know if he did get one and it just hasn't been reported or what's going on. But as of last night, the enemy thought he was still fully in that running as well. 
If folks have missed the news, uh, 49ers are hiring Steve Wilkes as defensive coordinator. Good move. And, of course, I feel like he got absolutely screwed. Hosed. And nothing against. I don't want to sit here and and trash your boy because that's who, that's who actually got the job. At but let's face it. You don't usually get a head coaching job right after you just get out of one. Usually you have to take a step back. You either have to be an offensive coordinator. If you were in college, maybe go to a college. Wilkes has been screwed over by Arizona. And then Cliff Kingsbury, we see that mess that happened. Now we see him not get a fair shake with the Panthers. To me, a lot of people make yeah. a lot of noise about it. But this case has a lot of substance that he got hosed. And to that point, I think that hurt him in the process, and he had nothing to do with that. No. I can't wait to talk to Bobby on on Friday because I don't think they will have made a decision by Friday. But I, it's, as slim as the pickings may be for the new head coaching job in Indy, I think they are bottom of the barrel in Arizona. I don't think anybody wants to deal with what's going on in Arizona. You have a roster that nobody's really doing backflips to get to. You, your, your number one receivers already talked about wanting out of there. And from all reports that I see, Kyler Murray is an absolute pain in the neck to work with. He thinks he knows it all, right? And that's not what you want out of a young quarterback. You know, you want a sponge. You want a guy that wants to go in there and learn. And we already kind of knew about this stuff when all the jokes came about, about how he always wants to play, you know, uh, Fortnite and all those other video games, all the shoot 'em up games. And the, when they put it in, when you have to put it in someone's contract, I don't care that they took it out. I don't care that they took it out. They had to put it in a man's contract that he has to study. What that tells me is that they know he's not studying. Yeah, I mean, at least like you said, in Indianapolis, whoever the new coach is, they get a fresh start at the quarterback position. If the head's cut off of this veteran crap, we mostly think we have the fourth pick in the draft. In Arizona, you know who you have to deal with. That's not going to cut a lot of people the right way, especially over the past couple of years, what we've seen Kyler Murray not only do off the field, but let's face it, on the field hasn't been peaches and cream. And here, and here's another theory that I have on this. Whoever they hire, there's going to be a closed-door meeting of, if I take this job, you have to be willing to suck BBs for at least one season because we need to get Murray out of here and we need to tank for Caleb. Right. And I don't know how we're going to get Murray out of here because you went and you guaranteed him all this money. But but we've got to get him out of here because we're not doing anything with this guy. Now, he's already made his money and ha 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 the jokes on them, but they should have never given him that that deal. I mean, that is just and I was his biggest supporter because I like seeing guys do things you don't think they can do so i'd like seeing a short quarterback go out there run around but it's he's regressed and he's got the injury yeah and on top of all that like you mentioned with the video games and stuff his attitude and his focus don't always seem to be 
at the NFL standard. And you got to consider all of these factors. I mean, there's like whoever the head coach is going to have to get used to going, yo, 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 eyes up here, eyes up here. What, what are you doing? It's like the kid in science class or me back in the day trying to look at all the chemicals on the board. I'd be like, oh, don't know what that stands for. Do you understand that blitz read? Or are you Snapchatting? Would you focus? <laughs> I, <laughs> Coach, I lost in Madden last night. Who cares? He was smart to make his money, though, because. And he was smart to pick football because. Someone with that kind of work ethic would have never made it to Major League Baseball. Hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do on the planet. And if he has that kind of lack of interest, if he just basically wants to do everything off of his physical ability, there's he definitely made the right choice. Yep. I mean, he's got all the guaranteed, so I guess the joke's on the Cardinals. I mean, I guess in theory... At the end of that contract, he, he could go play baseball if he wanted to. He's not going to be any good. But if he oh, really man. wanted to, so, someone would give him an, an invite just because they feel like they would sell tickets, right? Correct. But he's no, – he's that guy is going to – and he's not going to age well either as, as an athlete. He's so short, like two donuts in the offseason, he, he's going to put on 30 pounds. <laughs> I mean – I, I I hate to make lateral comparisons, but since I know we're going to talk about this person and uh, he's been in the news a lot lately, he seems to be going on a Kyrie Irving type of route, and I'm not liking it. Yeah, a little different. A little different, I know. Not much, a little. Before we <laughs> jump into that, this thing about Ja Morant is unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. They are sweeping it under, rug, under the rug in the NBA, and you're talking about an athlete whose buddies, entourage, crew, whatever you want to call them. They are threatening people, whether it was legitimately a gun or not, it's not important. The important part is you're putting a red dot on coaching staffs, insinuating that you're going to try to, to shoot them. Or yeah, insinuating that you would shoot them. Right, and look at, you know, uh, the Grizzlies, just not just John Morant, but pretty much we're talking about him and his posse. There's been multiple reports of trouble throughout the year uh, that coincide with this Memphis Grizzlies team. John Morant, we know he's a young, great talent and a young guy, but it was ridiculous when I was listening uh, to local radio over the weekend and a few Pacers reporters reached out to the NBA and pretty much the NBA ignored him slash said, hey, you know, uh, we looked into it. Nothing more to see here. What do you mean nothing more to see here? Don't you want to try to stop something? Because I guarantee you one day we're going to be, unfortunately, be talking about a story on here that's going to be a lot more serious than this that involves John Morant and his crew. And it, a shame on the NBA for trying to sweep this under the rug. It was players, coaches, and staff. That's ridiculous. Yeah, nothing to see here. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> what? What do you mean nothing to see here? The Grizzlies are the two seed. He's a top five player. We can't be affording this. That's why it needs to be important. See, to me, if it was a guy playing for the Orlando Magic coming off the bench, it is a non-story. Because you know, you know the number one reason why it's a non-story? Because that guy would be out on his ear. Exactly. And there's no way his little buddies would be would 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 be sitting there courtside with the ability to 
to not only commit a serious crime, but to even threaten like they would. And now it all comes full circle because I was ready to kill uh, uh, Shannon Sharp over, over his lack of discipline at the Lakers game a couple of weeks ago when yeah, he was high. And now you realize he was probably dealing with some kind of clown, maybe not a been job, but some kind of clown that's, that's with his crew. that's threatening his life. Yeah. And you know what? I kind of hope karma, I hate to say, actually, you know, what? I'm not going to say it like that, but let's say at the most important time of this season, like I said, I feel there's something's going to happen and I don't know if it'll be playoff time or what may have you, but it's going to become a bigger factor. And it's a shame that not many outlets besides ourselves are talking about it. And I hate it because, because of the time that I spend in Tennessee, I pull for the Grizzlies and I enjoy watching John Morant play. But until Sunday, I didn't think, I didn't, as far as I knew, he, he he was a great player and a great guy. Now, now I'm starting to question the latter because I can't pull for a guy if he's an absolute, you know, piece of work, I guess would be the best term that we could use here. Because if he's doing that or if he is even allowing his his crew to do that, even at that age, man, I knew that that was wrong. And I would be like, hey, Bozo. You're not hanging out with me anymore. I was get you. You hit it right on the head with that statement. One, you're not. You can control it. You're not hanging out with me anymore. And number two, you're not going to get all the sweet, probably benefits that you've been getting along oh, the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the, those. All the, I'm, I know Jaws out the window. You said it wrong. You knew me. You don't. Know <laughs> He could make a billion dollars in his playing career when it's all said and done. Cause, cause these, these numbers are only going to continue to skyrocket. And if LeBron James can make a billion when he started, what, 15, 20 years ago, Ja can absolutely do that. Absolutely. Unbelievable. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, <laughs> we're going to talk about your favorite, your favorite player. Kyrie Irving will be back oh, this guy. on Braves Country and Braves Country HD wherever you stream. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at you, savings coming at you. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to live, laugh, and create memories again with MSC Cruises. Join us on some of the world's most modern and innovative ships. Discover again at our new private island, Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve, named best new cruise destination. Cruise the Caribbean and Bahamas from Miami or Port Canaveral. Book now with free balcony upgrades and flexible booking changes. Call your travel advisor or visit MSCCruises.com. Restrictions apply. MSC Cruises, a world of discovery. Hey, Braves fans, thank you for listening to Braves Country Baseball. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and we are here to bring you play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch of your Atlanta Braves, bringing you spring training in two to three games a week all season long. Please like and subscribe today, Braves Country Baseball. Win! 
Wendy's only makes one kind of breakfast, your new favorite one. How do we do it? With fresh cracked eggs, oven-baked bacon, and flaky croissants. You know, the things your old breakfast wasn't doing. So toss that old news and its soggy eggs somewhere useful. And get to Wendy's, where the sausage egg and Swiss croissant, bacon egg and Swiss croissant, and honey butter chicken biscuit choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only. Single item at regular price. Price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. You're listening to Braves Country. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Please like and subscribe today. YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. All right, welcome back, and we are getting set for Super Bowl L-V-I-I. <laughs> I can't believe we're still using that. Just <laughs> give me the number. <laughs> I, know, I know it's – I know. by the way, do, do you know what L-V-I-I is? You're wow. that generation just barely behind mine, so I'm curious. 50. I, I can do the no I, I can do the math, but I'm always curious if if I ask my wife, she'd be like she's like, I don't even know I don't even know Spanish. Why are you asking me that? Yeah, <laughs> no, Roman numerals might as well 57. be anyway. it's fifty seven. <laughs> okay, there you go. Um but <laughs> I'm a little surprised that they still do. I, I did notice when I would go to, to to try to find pictures to do ours our backdrop for today, and I put Super Bowl in there used to the first thing that would pop up on google would would be you know the roman numerals after it now it's 2023 but 2023 because no one's writing down super bowl 57 because the problem is this generation they don't know what the lvii is so why even put 57 because no one's gonna even google 57 right (laughs) the only way you do that and know that is if you're hitting a hashtag and it automatically pops up for you right that's exactly that's oh, it. nice. I could actually see what that Roman numeral is because the hashtag gave it to me. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, 57's on the way. Uh, we'll be getting into all the lines and stuff here. We're going to look at a couple of the props uh, next segment, but obviously our kickoff show, 1 to 3 Sunday. Looking forward to that. And that's our last big football show for the year. And then it's nothing but but uh all the other sports for quite a while and once again programming note for folks that are wondering what will happen the day after super bowl as always we only talk baseball the day after super bowl it's just kind of a tradition i've always done so we won't even mention the super bowl the day after Nada. next few days after that we'll react but it's just one of those things because I feel like by the time you get to us at three o'clock on on Monday after the Super Bowl, you have heard all you want to hear about the game of football in the Super Bowl, and so we will be doing a very heavy Atlanta Braves show. Got a lot of uh, clips and everything set up to to be able to go into the season, and then um, we'll be back to normal on Tuesday and be talking, you know, sprinkling in football, but. And baseball really gets going. But before we get into that, Kyrie Irving demands to get out. Joseph Sy says, all right, I'll give you your trade. All right, well, where am I going? Am I going to the Lakers? I'm going to the Clippers. I really want to go to LA. You're going to Texas. They're going to send you to Texas, and you'll like it. Which you know that's not where he wanted to go. 
And I find it very odd because just from a basketball standpoint, it doesn't really match up to me because you're talking about two guys. Okay. What does Kyrie do better than anybody else in the NBA? What, what makes him such a high paid paid athlete? Cause, cause it's not his ability to be a great teammate or hustle or a commitment to the game. It's because he's very good at creating with the ball in his hand and he can make the guys around him better. That's exactly what Luka Doncic does. Just he does it a little better. He's a little stronger. He's a little younger. No, I I do agree with for the most part on that statement. I guess the only thing, if you're you know if you're looking at it from a Dallas perspective as a you know a big fan of them or obviously working in the organization, is that hey you finally got uh, a running mate in terms of another great player. Unfortunately, I have to say that just because he is having a you know, a good season when he plays, but there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. And like you said, he's similar to Luca. Now I've been hoping Dallas would get a second guy for a long time. I thought that would actually even be maybe Zach Levine for a little bit. I heard some rumors out of my town, Chicago, but it ended up being Kyrie Irving. And Matt, you already called it once on the show. I remember, uh, you know, saying how long will it take Brooklyn to break up? I know we joke about that all the time. Well, What's the new over-under day on how long it takes for something to happen in Dallas? We go in March 1st. We go in March 15th. What are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, okay, I think the honeymoon stage will be great. Now realize he's a free agent at the end of the year, so there's not enough time for it to truly implode. But he will do something leading up to the playoffs that will cause a riff. So I'll say, what are we at? We're in February 7th. I think we make it past. I think we make it past St. Patty's Day, but I don't know if we make it past opening day in baseball. Love it. So I say the over-under is March 30th, opening day in baseball. The over-under, if you want to put an over-under on, (laughs) when will Kyrie... We're out as welcome. That's that's what I'm going with. And for folks out there that already know, Kyrie won the under on many occasions, including Brooklyn this year, on when that those type of things would happen. So if you're a betting man out there, I know it was be before the Super Bowl. I think it was the week. I think it was like three days after the show. Because first Durant got injured. He was absolutely shocked that he actually was doing well with with the KD injured. And they were actually playing really well. And then out of nowhere, you wake up one morning and goes, I want out. I want to train. I'm out of here. Bye-bye. And he's gone. (laughs) And what? And and I mean, man, man, if we take a step back here and look at the Brooklyn Nets organization and what they've done over the past few years, what a total disaster this whole thing ended up to be. I mean, they went from having Harden, Durant, and Kyrie on the same team to now having an injured Durant and Ben Simmons. <laughs> ben Simmons has a worse jump shot than you and I if we went to the YMCA right now. <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> now, they made it closer than I thought they would, but I, I added – the Clippers onto a uh, onto a a long leg parlay last night, 
Because I was like, dude, the Nets are a disaster. They don't even have the guys they <laughs> traded for on the team. There's no way they're going to win this game. Now, they made it a little closer than I expected, but I ended up hitting that parlay because I don't like doing I – really, I really don't like doing point spreads in the regular season with the NBA. I just – you can't trust it. You can't trust who's going to play, who's going to play hard, who's going to play the whole game, who's going to go, you know what, I'm going to load manage. Who's going to say, ah, I got a little twinge, I'm getting out of here. So I I try to stay clear of it, but I had I had Boston and the Clippers involved in a part of a I'll do these long money line parlays and games I think the team will win. So you don't get a a huge uh, lot back, and you normally get bit in the butt. But sometimes they're just fun to throw a few bucks on. Absolutely. Um, I woke up this morning. I was like, man, they they actually came back and tied it late in the game. But thankfully. Thankfully, the net spit the bed at the end. But I was like, man, wouldn't that be a kicker? NBA is just like you said. You you think you have the spread. You look at it in the morning, and then an hour before the game, they decide who's actually going to play. It's a it's not a way to live large with bets. Let me tell you, the NBA not it. Let's go ahead and uh, get into our uh, our locks. Let me get this uh, off of here so people can actually see what they're looking at here. Oh, who's that Joey guy under 500? Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it's one of those years. But I'm gonna he get- and Sean, we, 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 we'd be just money right now, but, you know, it happens. Um, I get my apologies. <laughs> we don't want sorries. We want wins. That's All what we're right. going to do today. We're going to get back on track. My lock yesterday hit, by the way, again, uh, UMass Lowell. I know a lot of people were probably rolling their eyes. US Lowell, UMass Lowell was giving up 14. They won by like 32, 33, something like that. They just Ooh. smoked them. I was talking to a buddy of mine today about it, and I think I could hear his eyes rolling in the back. and saying, like, what are you talking about? Like, how did you break this down? But I'm like, dude, it was. It, I'm telling you, it was right there. You let UMass Lowell was going to cover that spread. It was in big. It was just like jumping off the page at me. Hey, yeah. a win's a win. Take that. that. Well, yeah, I know, but you know, m- most people want. Uh, let's be honest. Most people who are gambling, they want to pick a game that they can watch on TV, yeah, and, and follow it along that way. I don't even think that game was televised. I was following it on the on my uh, school board app, and then one game that I grabbed uh, pretty fairly early in the game on the money line. They were originally a sixteen point underdog 16 or 17 point underdog that uh i had a heck of a time trying to find the game first of all because it wasn't being televised and it was on espn plus or anything like that so it was green bay and milwaukee and Milwaukee, sixteen and eight in the, on the year, they they were they were ten and three in the horizon, sixteen and seven going into yesterday. Green Bay was two and twenty two, and two uh, sorry one and twelve on the horizon. And the game started off and it was kind of sluggish, and you could still get it at a plus seven hundred. And I was like, let me jump in here and grab this real quick because I think there's a, I think they got a puncher's chance. And I kept watching it because I was like, if it ends up being to the point of where game starts to get away from them, then then I'll try to he- either hedge it on the other side or I'll just uh, jump in on the point spread. But I, I I went money line, and they went to overtime, and I had to listen to this on some 
third world country app <laughs> what I was downloading. But and honestly, the broadcaster that was doing the game for Milwaukee, I mean, he, look, I thought he was pretty good. The only thing I'll say to him is when you're doing a college basketball game on radio, especially if it's a game that nobody realistically knows who these teams are, you got to mention who's who's winning more. And you got to mention who these players play for. Cause he's cause he's over there, you know, you right. know he's going play by play, bit by bit, and doing a great job, but he would do things like, and Tucker's going to the line. I'm like, well, who the hell is that? I don't know. <laughs> I can't see this. So I'm going through who is Tucker. Oh, okay. He he plays for Green Bay Phoenix. And Rand grabs a rebound. Well, I don't know who that is. Who? He ran where? <laughs> And I'm sitting here pulling pulling against the Milwaukee Panthers all of a sudden. Like, oh, man. All right. What What is your lock of the day, sir? I'm actually going to take us to one of this top 25 college matchups. Um, you know, the Rutgers. Have, fancy. <laughs> I know, right? I just, I'm like you said, go to games you're going to watch. I'm going to be watching this one. I want to see how Indiana bounces back after that big win against uh, Purdue on Saturday. The, the city's still buzzing over that. It's been all the talk the past couple of days. But they struggle against Rutgers mightily uh, the last few seasons. In fact, I think they've only beaten them once over the past few seasons. Uh, and it's become more of a rivalry. They have to get that chip off their shoulder, and I don't think they do that tonight. I like the Rutgers plus four and a half. Uh, I'm, it's going to be a good game. I, I could take that back. Indiana might eke this one out, but it, they're going to be battle-tested all the way to the end. Uh, the Rutgers, no, and they're, they're nobody to look over, and they always give Indiana trouble, like I said. So I like them plus four and a half. All right, let me see what the updated line is for the game that I'm going to go to. I've not pulled this up in a few hours, but hopefully it hasn't changed a whole heck of a lot on me. Uh, I'm going to college basketball as well. Maybe not quite on the – not only is this game probably not tele, uh, nationally televised, I'm not even sure if it's televised, but – doesn't matter to me because I, I like to grab the games I'm going to win, not the game. Just win, baby. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not a real big fan of, uh, you know, and I used to do that. I used to do that, and uh, realized that your better, your sharper guys are going to be on the televised games for the point spread, right? Correct. And so I, and so that's one of the reasons why they're the last ones I look at now, unless, unless something's glaring at me and I say, Hey, I got to go with that. All right. So this game, I believe, yeah, seven o'clock Eastern. It is still where it's at. I'm liking it. Give me the Akron. They're at home against Toledo minus one thirty-five on the money line. It's minus two, but I, I'm not wanting to give up the points. I just want to get the W. So give me give me minus one thirty five. We got that rule that as long as it's not over minus one forty five, that you can grab it on the money line. So that's what we'll do. And Akron, I think, is the best team in the conference. They're at home. They should be able to 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 fill up the the rim with a lot of points. And I'm hoping to keep this winning streak going. Toledo. I think it's being over, overhyped. And if you want a fun little uh, parlay to go with that, Ooh. 
take Fresno State on the money line as well. They're minus 160 on the on the money line. They are, let me see here. Minus three and a half is the actual spread. Okay. But if you put those two together on the spread itself, on the on the uh on the parlay, excuse me, it'd be a plus one eighty-three. And I believe Akron and Fresno State are going to get those W's at home. San Jose State is being overvalued because of their last performance. They scored a lot of points, but they uncharacteristically drained it from three-point land. I don't think they're going to do that tonight on the road. So give me Fresno State. Give me Akron. Let's Akron's 12-0 at home. And let's let's get it back going. Um, Yeah. That's that's my pick. They're, tw- they're twelve and zero at home. To more your point too. So Akron is keep that streak going. They are. They're not bad. I I've watched Akron play five or six times in the last month, doing all, all these daily bets, and they're one of my favorite plays. I don't always play them though because sometimes the line skewed. Tonight, I think the line is in their favor. So Akron, Akron and Fresno State. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll put a cap on this baby. We're going to talk some Super Bowl props. And there is one that I think everybody's sleeping on that you need to get to the window now as, okay. as opposed to later. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream, here on 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's The Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Here's good news. There's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Whenever I bring home Entenmann's Little Bites muffins... Little Bites? That's right, sweetie. Can you just give Mommy a minute? I love Little Bites. I know you do, but we're doing a commercial right now, okay? Got it. As I was saying, whenever I bring home you-know-what, you-know-who gets pretty excited. And so do I. Little Bites muffins are made with real ingredients, no high-fructose corn syrup, and are baked moist and delicious. I love Little Bites! Here you go. Yes! Entenmann's Little Bites muffins. The perfect portion of happiness. Look, I got some bad news. I guess there isn't a good way to tell you something like this. Your god uncle died. My god uncle? 
There's no such thing as a god uncle. <laughs> yes, there is. It's your godfather's brother. You remember your god uncle, Charlie. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know, as much as I'd like to pay my respects, catch up with my god cousins and meet the god neighbors, I have some urgent business that just can't wait until later. All right, here's your popcorn and the remote. There, enjoy your show. Welcome back! One day closer to the Super Bowl. We're going to talk some Super Bowl prop bets. I'll tell you another game that's, that's got my interest for tonight. Is that Marquette-UConn game? I like UConn in that matchup. It's at home, and uh, I know Marquette is the higher-ranked team, but I really think UConn's going to be able to play well at home. I, I, I just I don't know if, if I like the four-and-a-half cover. That's, a, that's the reason why I stayed away from that one. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. You know, Marquette, they've won their last five games. UConn's been up and down a little bit. Everyone seems to me they'll probably be on the Marquette side. Not so fast. I like UConn at their home court. Yeah, if if I was going to do that game, I think I would probably go money line or put it in, in some kind of a teaser. I was going to say tease it, baby. <laughs> One of the teasers that I like a lot tonight is a, it's a three-team teaser that I'm doing. If you look at the North Carolina-Virginia game, North Carolina, the line hasn't moved since I laid it. Uh, I said North Carolina. North Carolina State. North Carolina State. Let's see, what time is that game? Is that the 7 o'clock or are they the – oh, man. I'll find it here in a second. But NC State is getting points. And there it is, number 22 versus number eight. Virginia plays a very, very close-to-the-vest type game. It's very rare that they blow teams out. They're giving seven points tonight. So I like that as a teaser. And, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot back. I think it's a, I think it's a minus – I think this is minus 110 on the teaser. But you take eight-point teaser of North Carolina – Tar Heels, who are at Wake Forest, it's a pick 'em, so that's going to put you at a getting eight. NC State is then balloons to fifteen. And Louisville, who has played bad basketball at the beginning of the year, but they're actually playing starting to play a little better. They are at Pittsburgh. The line is already 15 and a half. That balloons it to 23 and a half. So I really like that as a teaser. North Carolina, Louisville, and NC State. I'm telling you, man, teasers are where it's at when, when it comes I'm to start, I'm starting to get a little more hang of them. I had a little trouble in that in the past couple of months, but I've been starting to feel them out a little bit more. But you have to look at what's realistic, and you can't go with your heart, right? You know, what you have to look at is, What's realistic? Where do I want those points at? Do I want it? It's like, for instance, North Carolina and Wake Forest, they're, they're, they're at Wake Forest, and a lot of times I'd be taking Wake Forest as the home team with eight points because it's a pick and I'm like, well, I'd rather have the home. But I feel like North Carolina's in kind of desperation mode, especially after that loss to Duke, and they're 
They had an extra day of rest. I man, I nailed that Miami game yesterday. I knew Duke was going to come in there flat. They just beat North Carolina. They'd had one day off, and then they traveled down to South Beach. Those kids weren't ready for that. Man, they blew the doors right off them. Oh, they, it, it was over. The, the, the offense didn't show up till the second half, and that was. I ended up taking in a in a teaser that I hit. I took Duke, Miami over, and I took Miami in the points or. Miami minus the points. And there was a couple other games on there, but long story short, if I didn't have that teaser, that over would not have fit because that's how bad that. And the analytics tell you that that over should have went well past the one. It ended up being 140. I think the over was 144 or 145 and a half. But I, I got it down to 138 or 137 and a half, whatever it was. But the point is, the analytics would have told you that, that thing should have shot well past the original line because of the pace of play that Miami has. Miami shoots better at home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I was looking at it as, man, Duke just had a very emotional win against North Carolina. And what that, did they do that, that next night, do you think? I mean, that night. I think they went out there and partied hardy, right? <laughs> I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. Then they trucked into... Miami probably late afternoon on Monday and those kids, I mean, look, you're, you're younger. You can, you can, uh, rebound from that better, but you're still talking about not having it all there and they look flat. And Hey, I know it's a day later, but I kind of used a similar strategy when looking at the Indiana Rutgers game tonight, they had that huge win over Purdue. Now we'll see if they can come back at six 30, but I know it's one more day, but I kind of got that same mindset. Absolutely. I, I would have liked a, a few more points in that, but I, I do like that game. If, if I was taking that game, I, and I would go Rutgers. I just, uh, if, it, if for some reason I wanted to go Indiana, then, then I would be teasing it. And I'd probably tease it with the UConn game. I was going to say, you know, give me two teams. One, one of the games that I'm, that I'm skittish about that I think I'm steering clear of is, is that TCU Kansas game. I feel like Kansas State should, should uh, cover the spread. But man, that man TCU has been so Jekyll and Hyde. I just can't predict them anymore, and I'm just staying clear of them. I'm staying clear of that game. K State has messed me up a couple of times. All right, Super Bowl props, baby. Let's get into them. Oh yeah. So, have you had a chance to look at some? You got any ones that you really like? Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, listen, people, I want to make it very clear. I'm not saying, you know, throw your life savings on this prop bet I'm about to announce. But I think this is going to – a lot of people think it's going to be a high-scoring game. That involves a lot of passes. Well, what comes with a lot of passes sometimes? A pick six. It is plus 600 for a pick six that take place in this game. And I wouldn't mind throwing a little bit of cheese on that. I just feel like one of these quarterbacks are going to make a throw early – Probably more hurts because Mahomes is so used to being there, but he's banged up. I just feel like there's going to be a pick six in this game, and at plus 600, I'm willing to throw, you know, 10, 15 bucks and see if it can win me some money. This is one that I rarely hit because I'm always wrong. But the <laughs> Chris Stapleton, uh, <laughs> U.S. National Anthem. So I'm always trying to gauge, like, how, like, like how 
long are they going to sing this thing? And, you know, da, 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 da. Stapleton doesn't seem like me to me, a guy that's going to drag the, the, the national anthem out. So I like the under at the plus plus one twenty. but before you make that bet, go back and see if you can find any Chris Stapleton songs of him singing the, the national anthem and time it out. I always love that one because at our, I'm sure at most Super Bowl parties, you, you got people it's yelling. Favorite. It's my favorite <laughs> one because right out the jump, I've got, I've got a, I, I do it every single year and I, I never throw much money on it. Right. It's just a few bucks, right. but I do it every single year just so I can say that I'm, I'm betting on that and I'm probably taking the under because it's plus plus one twenty. But the two minutes and seven seconds, I will tell you this, it's a little shorter than it normally is. It's normally closer to around two minutes and 20 seconds, like, like 216, 217, 215, 214. So that's kind of short, but I think I'm going to bang the under on that. Let's One of the ones it. that I like a lot, and I mean a lot, no score in the, in the Super Bowl in the first six minutes of the game. Now, some of your... Your books, you, you might find it at five, uh, five and a half minutes. You might find it as as high as six and a half or seven minutes. But somewhere in that neighborhood, most of your books have no points scored in the first five or six minutes of the game. And more times than not, when I've bet that, and I always bet the under, or always bet no score the first five minutes, it's usually a pretty good bet. Because usually these teams are feeling each other out. There's a kind of it's kind of a punch and Judy yeah. type thing. There's nerves that get involved. The only thing that sucks about it is that you start sweating <laughs> immediately. You're pulling for no action in the first five minutes of the game, so you're really pulling for a dull game to start off with. <laughs> and you might be pulling for a missed field goal. So, but that's what one of my I love the props. What say you? What's your next one you like? Um, you know, everyone gets a little bit tight and nervous, especially uh, a lot of the Eagles players. I know most of the Chiefs have been there, uh, you know, maybe a time or two now. But whoever's taking those punts back there, I kind of like the first punt to be a fair catch at plus 200. I just feel like the first punt of the game that goes off, the bright lights are there, and that punt returner, he might be sweating a little bit and not want to risk it. I'm going to take – the plus 200 on the first punt of the game being a fair catch. On that same notion, will the opening kickoff result in a touchback? Now, I usually do a lot of research to find out the two kickers are going to be involved. How often do they have uh, a touchback? That one's such a difficult one. But if you find a kicker who doesn't have a ton of touchbacks, hit the no. Because the adrenaline is going for that re return man. And he wants to go take it to the house. So that's another one that I like. And game. Sky Moore is risky back there for the Chiefs. He's had his good and his bad plays, but he likes the, the risk it, no biscuit. So I like where your head might be. a lot too, right? Yeah, he does. He, he did against Indy this year. This is one of my favorite ones. Uh, I'm sure Justin and I will talk about this tomorrow. But what color liquid will be poured for the Super Bowl winning coach. Mm -hmm. I never, man, I never know. Where are you going? All right, so here's my theory behind it. If you're going to pick, it really goes with who do you think is going to win. So if you think the Chiefs are going to win, 
Why wouldn't you go with red at a plus 850? Yeah. But why is that such a big number? Maybe because they don't do a lot of red Gatorade, Powerade, whatever they're doing nowadays. Lime green, yellow, and orange are the are the three or the four. Well, lime green, yellow, what I'm looking at is all one. It's plus 210. That seems like the safest one. That's what it's I was like, thinking. You know, you, you get the benefit of the doubt of three different colors. Orange is minus 110. That must be the most popular one that's dumped. I got to start here. Plus 1200. Which one do you like? You know, like you said, it, it depends kind of who you like in the team. So on the site I'm on, uh, at, well, I'm on BetUS. It has yellow and green as one at plus 200, and I like the Eagles. So I would take that as the safe bet. But if I was trying to do they something. They have green for you uh, as an option? Yellow slash green is plus 200 uh, on BetUS right now. So lot, Well, here's the thing. If you take green slash yellow – you're kind of covered by both teams. Exactly. And it, it's still a plus there. Like I know it's not a big payout. It's the smallest payout they have listed on here uh, with all the colors, but Hey, it's more of a shoe in. Yeah. And the orange, I don't know why the orange uh, is so popular, but it is a popular it's every year that I, I guess maybe the, the flavor is really popular, but it, but then with that being said, wouldn't you dump the flavor you don't like? <laughs> Right. Let's give them that clear stuff. <laughs> the who will be shown first in America, the beautiful, the Kansas city staff or the Philadelphia staff. And they, and you know what? It's minus minus one fifty KC plus one fifteen Eagles. That's interesting. Because yeah. normally it's right down the middle. Hmm. Who will be shown first during America the Beautiful? Travis Kelsey minus 220 or AJ Brown plus 165? Oh, that's so funny. Huh? Every single one of these bets, the bet is that the Chiefs are going to be shown first. That's crazy. I would assume because maybe Andy Reid, he's playing his former team, the Eagles. I, I got nothing, though, on that. I, that's, just, that's just my long-winded guess. <laughs> Will Andy Reid eat a cheeseburger before the end of the broadcast? <laughs> yes, it's plus 650. This was in there like the last time they were in there, and it didn't happen. Plus 650, yes. Minus 1,400, no. But will the words burger or cheeseburger be said by Andy Reid during the post-game interview? That one's a little more interesting. Plus 165, yes. He just has to say it. Minus 220, no. Distance of the first touchdown of the game, over or under 7.5 yards? Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to go over on that one. I just think these teams are too explosive not to. I would tend to to agree because seven and a half yards. I kind of feel like that the down there in the trenches, in, in, when you get down there in the five yard line, it's actually going to be kind of difficult for these guys to move. What is your walk off, sir? We got to jam out of here. My walk off is Jim Mercer just tweeted, "We're days away, not hours, from choosing our coach." Well, you better choose sooner or later. I'm withering away here as we speak. I'm sick of this waiting game. 
he'll make his pick within six to six and a half days of the draft. Uh, <laughs> Whenever he opens the sky. My walk-off is big college basketball night. You got a you got four top 25 clashes. Get it. Come on now, get it. I'm doing it. Fired up. I'm ready to watch some good college basketball, uh, which means I will be avoiding anything that Florida State's involved in. All right, brother. We will see you. See you Thursday. Thursday. And everyone stay tuned here for First Name Sports, Sports Map Radio. I'm Mac McGee. For everyone else here on Braves Country, we'll see you manana three to five. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. September, something of a fifth of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of a fifth. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia. The NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates.